You're listening to The Esoterics Podcast, hosted by Joe Figueres and Fioralise Franco. Hey everybody, it's you girls back for another spooky season episode. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Okay, so have you heard about the controversy around shadow work? Um, and as all things do, it started on the talk. No, I have I have not, and I'm already okay. Let me brace for this. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> okay. So the latest warning about our mortal souls has to do with shadow work, which is literally uncovering the parts of you that need to heal, right? You have classes that people can download and take on yes. shadow work. So, yes. right. All right. So you know what it is. All right. Listen, I have a serious question before I get into all of this. Are the Christians okay? I, le- legitimately, are they okay? I mean, I'm concerned. No, I think they're losing their shit. They're, no, I don't think so. I seriously do not think that they are legitimately okay. And I have doubts about the cognition, just the general cognition of crazy church folk. I really do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to just read some quotes off of the web warning us that we're going to succumb to demonic possession unless we rebuke um, shadow work in the name of God and Jesus. Okay. In the name okay. of God and Jesus. All right. So who, by the way, I don't think I need to remind anyone who doesn't, that, that God or Jesus, neither of them, they don't give a fuck about what anyone believes in relation to their worthiness or um, peace for a peaceful, loving after, afterlife. Right. Like they don't care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't you even think, don't you think even Satanists get to go to heaven? Yeah. I mean, if there is such a place, right. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't personally believe in heaven or hell. I think that's, I think those are man made ideas made to control people. And that's it. I a hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree for the masses. We'll just call the afterlife heaven. And I don't believe that God's mm-hmm. going to be like, sure. you can't come, but you can, but you mm-hmm. can't, you can't. Right. Yeah. It's, it's bullshit. Yeah. Right. For the record, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus, but I just don't believe that they're yeah. brimstone in hell. All right. Me too. So mm-hmm. anyway, so there are evangelicals. It, they're not really evangelicals. These are more Christians, like like Baptists, you know, those hardcore Christians. And they okay. are just on fire about the shadow work book that is showing up all over TikTok. And apparently, oh. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yes. Because apparently people are like, no, TikTok, I do not want to buy this book because somebody says, shout out to the people marketing this book because there's over 800 million views of this stupid They book. really are. Yeah, they really are pushing the marketing on that book. Yeah. Yes. All right. So, but it's got people up in arms. All right. So mm-hmm. I'm going to mm-hmm. take some quotes. Tia, I'm not going to do last names. Tia says, shadow work is a form of witchcraft and opens doors. We aren't supposed to do any self-healing without Jesus and the Holy Spirit. The Bible has all the tools we need to heal through him. Y'all really need to wake up. Tia. What? That's Tia. Her friend, Janetta, I don't know if they're friends, but we're going to call them all friends. (laughs) Yes. Janetta says, if we are looking for healing, looking to break curses and needing deliverance, we must rely on Jesus to be our source. Seek Jesus, seek medical professionals, and be free from the enemy's devices. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Two more. Bridget. Bridget. They're, they're <laughs> Bridget says, shadow work is new age witchcraft disguised as self-betterment. No different than energy healing, chakras, etc. Which apparently, to according to Bridget, are not self-betterment things. Okay, but I will remind you that Jesus laid hands on people. And he also, Jesus was a fucking energy healer. Like, hello. Are you listening, Bridget? Okay, so she says, please stop opening yourself up to demonic portals and then complaining when your life is in shambles. I don't know anybody who's possessed that's complaining. I mean, have you all seen The Exorcist? The the demon stands on the bed and says, fuck all you. She's mine, right? There's no complaint. That demon ain't got shit to complain about. 
She says, do your research. The basis of shadow work is occultism. Uh, um, excuse me, but um, no, uh, no I'm, I'm going to go down a rabbit hole on that one. It's not. She yeah. also says Satan always disguises himself as an angel of light. Satan is an angel, you dumbass. <laughs> it's freaking Lucifer, which translates to it's light. Loose. Yes, Lucifer. Okay. But then she gets mad, right? Because apparently she was getting some pushback from people. And she sure. says, she says, um, you know what? <laughs> The same. I cracked up. I cracked up with the whole thing. But she goes, you know what? I'm tired of y'all. Work with all the shadows you want. Bye. <laughs> She's like, Thanks. I'm out. Didn't need your approval in the first place. <laughs> and then she goes, P.S. Read a book. Start with Carl Jung, the Freemason occultist Satanist behind this whole shadow work theory. Oh, Jesus Lord. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, um, all right. And then one more. This is Tish. Tish says, mm -hmm. My pastor said the shadow work journal is demonic. And and she she posted a picture and it was like an evangelical church with a stage, like mm. a, a legitimate stage. And there was a giant, like must have been like 30 foot picture of this, this shadow work book behind him. Right. So it was total, mm -hmm. um, total evangelical bullshit. <laughs> My pastor says the shadow work journal is demonic. So if you know me, you know, I start doing my research. OK, so finally, somebody that did their research. Mm -hmm. If you look on the cover, it's a mirror. There is a mirror on the cover of this book. And in the book, mm -hmm. a lot of times it tells you to look in the mirror and chant. And we all know mirrors are portals. It's a lot more to it, but I'll let people research for themselves. She says, I don't know about y'all, but I'm going to let them shadows stay where they at. <laughs> I'm like, okay, so this is me. I'm like, uh, I'm no prophet, but that is not going to work out for her. <laughs> no. All right. So to wrap this whole thing up, which is absolutely ridiculous, um, here's the most interesting part of this whole shadow work um, is witchcraft trend that's going on. Mm, mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, the primary critics fee are black and brown people, black and brown people. This makes no damn sense to me because brown people are the architects of the woke movement. Stay awake, stay aware, stay informed. Yeah. These posts are the literal opposite of being woke. Awareness starts from within and shadow work mm -hmm. actually helps you connect to that awareness within and so these they're evangelical christians i don't i think they're more like the, the baptists that are super um what's it yeah called? and they don't realize that all that they are doing is further falling victim to their oppressors I because as people of color we had our our traditions our our magic stripped away from us from all of our practices and understandings and our belief systems and then tried to replace them with this Christianity, Christianity bullshit. Yep. And so when you're when you're saying this, you are just further they really are. fermenting yourself with that colonizer mindset. Dude, absolutely not. They're encouraging blind faith and ignorance. And Hell no. you know, and so it's simply because they fear the process and they fear getting sucked up into evil. I'm not going to, mm -hmm. you know, go off into a large rabbit hole about that. But if you fear something, anything, another culture, another religion, then you have no sense of self and you have no self-trust. You have no self-faith. You have no self-confidence. So, yeah. listen, brown people, um, us, you and me, Fee. Uh, yes. We are the yes. we are the most suspicious, superstitious folks I know. And that's what this is all based in is superstition right. and suspicion. So I'm just right. going to say this once, just once, because, you know, um, we here are. Well, I'm going to say this once. Brown people, you must do better. Humans are born with a gift of free will. And why anyone would give that up over fear is beyond me. So if y'all are hearing this yeah. TikTok nonsense, um, you know, and you want to weigh in on it, um, you know, drop a comment, um, an Instagram or something. It's, it would be an interesting conversation. Yeah. But I, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. And I will be the first to tell you as a person who who does offer shadow work classes and obviously teaches this subject, there is nothing. Dem it's actually the, one of the first disclaimers <laughs> that I have on my like, what is this and what are we doing? It is not demonic. It is not it is not religiously affiliated mm -mm. with anything mm -mm. like good or bad or however you want to slice it. There's no religious affiliation. So it doesn't matter what your background is. Anyone can do it. All you're doing is digging into the 
subconscious parts of yourself, bringing awareness to them, finding out where, where did I learn this shit from? Where does this fear come from? Why is this holding me back? And then once you bring awareness to it, then you can overcome it. You can integrate it into yourself. You can understand yourself and therefore be just a more self-aware, better person who just, you know, inhabits the world and therefore makes a better place because you are now self-aware that's all it is it's just self-awareness work it's not that deep it is not dark like yeah it's sort of okay but if anybody has that book i would love to hear um what is actually in the book uh, when it comes to mm-hmm. looking in the mirror and chanting and stuff it's probably fucking mm-hmm. affirmations i am yes. powerful i am but then there yes. you know it's, it, it, <laughs> It's just rescripting more likely. Yeah. Help me understand. If you have this book, please reach out to us and help us understand what's going on in the book. I'm not going to. I don't think there's anything. By it. No, it's I highly doubt there's anything bad in the book. It's so it's yeah. so dumb. Anyway, um, so, and you know, I love, you know, you know how I feel about the TikTok. I'm like, no, I'm not doing the yes. talk, but <laughs> I love it when I hear other people get all mad because I did this the last time when everybody on the TikTok was all mad about Moldavite. And I'm like, what are you? all doing mm. remember i was mm-hmm. like there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with moldavite so um yeah so that's me i jump on the the tiktok when I'm, I'm like disgusted by what's being shared okay but can i just mention one thing and then we can move on mm-hmm. is that the mm-hmm. good thing about tiktok is that what it does is it brings all of this up to the masses these the kids the the gen y's and the young millennials mm-hmm. and even the millennials mm-hmm. right because you're part in evolution is to awaken and become woke and if that means that this freaking tiktok shadow work tiktok got 800 million views oh my god i don't even think taylor swift has that kind of uh, (laughs) you know audience so yeah you know i think it's it's a good thing it's just hopefully people are using discernment Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And speaking of using discernment. Okay, good. What what do we got now? (laughs) Dude, conspiracy theory people just fucking ruin everything. So now there's this whole thing about turning off the emergency broadcast system thing on your phone because apparently like the signal when it comes on is going to like disrupt your DNA. And like, (laughs) I don't know. I don't what's going to happen to you. I don't know. That's the same reason why people like stop using microwaves. Mm -hmm. Light oh, codes. It, so apparently it's going to affect the light codes of your DNA and what cause you to mutate that uh, what I'm sorry like but how is it any different than like you having a ringer set on your phone like how, I'm just I, I'm confused as to what is it like the frequency so what if I had this sound on my phone all the time would that change it doesn't make any sense I don't I don't get it it has to be the frequency it absolutely has to be what people are uh, freaked out who's freaked out about them what is the origin of this stupidity i've seen posts on it on instagram and i've seen people talking about it on tiktok i just skip right through i don't i have no i have zero right space for that kind of stuff so i see it i scroll right through it but it's still you know it's still around and these just these types of ideas i'm just like it's fear it's fear based it's a pendulum you're 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 so far one way that you can't see that what you're saying is just ridiculous like it's so far off the deep end um you sound dumb dumb. yeah that reminds me of recently you know have you heard about the allegations that came out against russell brand no tell me so, I mean, without getting too deep into it, basically, I, there's at least one woman and there's probably several who have come out against saying like how he was abusive. Like one specifically, she was a teenager when when she met him and he, he was essentially grooming her. And then once they had a relationship and there was this whole thing. And and yeah, he was he was abusive on on many levels, like humiliation. And even if people have now looked deeper into his relationship with Katy Perry because she has it in her documentary when he broke up with her over a text message right before her show was about to start. So she's like having a breakdown, right? Like obviously her marriage is coming into an end and he did this right before she's starting her show. And, and they're pointing this out as saying like, that's humiliation. It's, it's a humiliation ritual. It's, it's humiliation. That's how, that's how 
abusive men control women. They mm-hmm. do. There's all sorts of different ways that people will do it. But humiliation is one of them. It goes also goes back. There's also this whole thing people pointing out to uh, the men who who will smash the cake in their the their wife's mouth, yeah. yeah the the wife's when face. The mouth, when the uh, wife specifically says, "Don't do it." When she's already, yeah, when she has specifically said, I don't want you to do it. Don't do that to me. Please don't do that to me. Like ruining hundreds, thousands of dollars worth of, you know, their hair and makeup, their dress, all that stuff. And it's humiliation. It's lack of respect. It's manipulation. It is abuse. Anyway, I'm I'm going, I went a little far. Well, hey, but wait, I ha- but I thought Russell mm-hmm. Brand um, was all woke and everything. So he was for like a moment. Like he he had like there was like a little sweet spot there where he was like woke and he was making these the he was like this uh, what is it thought leader and you know he was saying you know things that this isn't right and da 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 and then like the and then the pandemic hit mm-hmm. and he took he went again talking about pendulums he went far off the deep end all the way down to like when you go down the conspiracy theory tunnel and you end up right wing. Oh, no. that yes that's that's where he's going to make that shift from conscious thinking to crazy thinking How because that the, i think it comes with like because you've already had some kind of programming in your life with um religious programming that fear-based thing right yeah. so it's like ingrained in you to like fear something mm-hmm. so then you just find the next thing to fear so now it's vaccines now it's like this this plague that was planted in the earth like it's it's all a conspiracy against us to control us even though if you look historically we've always had plagues and this shit has always happened it comes in fucking cycles like it's just human right. history right so yeah so now it's a government conspiracy and there's these you know the vaccines are in and they're gonna whatever now he's a crazy cook. yes but People were pointing out that he did that. That was on purpose. That was strategic because now if when these allegations come out against him, now he's saying, oh, they're do they're saying this. They're accusing me of this to silence me because, because I've been speaking the, the truth. truth. Ah, I see mm-hmm. what you did there, Russell. Mm-hmm. I yep. see what you did. I always thought he was a douche. I never liked he's him. He's playing people so hard. All right, so so we, we, we need to stay tuned to see how this plays out. Um, it doesn't take a psychic, but I'm betting that you and the people that are like, ah, he's going to claim victim. Uh, claim, mm-hmm. They always claim victim, always. Yep. Oh, yep. oh, God, these people. Yep. All right, well, that's a good one. And finally... Oh, there's my more. last, okay. my last, my last one. This is not Russell. Okay, Brand, no, we but should this do a connected. whole, a whole, a whole episode on gossip, internet gossip <laughs> nonsense like this. Okay, we, uh, we have done a conspiracy theory episode. Did we talk about? Okay, well, we'll do another yes. part two. I know we do because this one. Okay, now anti-vaxxers have not just are not just hurting themselves because it's one thing to you know just walk around unvaccinated even though we've had this pandemic right and then not vaccinating their children which is you know that's sad too because innocent children right yes but now they're fucking hurting animals too (gasps) Mm -mm, mm -mm. because they've taken it to the extent where they will they're not vaccinating their dogs they won't they're not getting them the the rabies vaccine okay but what if their dog Oh, all right. Okay. Because yes, Hollis had a full everything before I adopted him. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So the problem is, is it's same thing with like how we've controlled polio and measles and even chicken pox isn't like as severe as it once was. The problem when people stop vaccinating is these things are going to have a resurgence. So at this point, our levels are down, I believe, to like 80% vaccinations for rabies on dogs. Mm-hmm. If we dip, below i think i believe it was 70 or 75 if we dip below that then we're going to start seeing rabies be much more pervasive we're going to see other dogs getting infected we'll see people getting infected with rabies so good luck out there people because it's crazy you know what's weird that actually so when i left the corporate world in 2016 i didn't have insurance for like oh my gosh for like four years I -hmm. was not sick a day, one single stinking day in the (laughs) entire four years, never sick, nothing. Um, And then 2020 hit and then I moved here and I got insurance here. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I tell you what, I used that fucking 
insurance like once a month because mm-hmm. there's always something, right? Sniffles, coughs, COVID, aches, pains. It's yeah. the craziest yeah. thing. And I was thinking the other day, I wonder if like our global immunity has dropped because here's something else that's weird. Yeah. And I don't know if you've noticed this or other people, but like mm-hmm. if I use like cream cheese or sour cream or even cheese, I don't mm-hmm. remember it going bad before like it does now like it goes bad quick like mold grows on the inside of it and i'm not like a oh. gross like i don't have a gross kitchen i'm like really mm-hmm. you know and i wash my hands and i don't like to touch things with my hands but yeah i'm telling you what there is there is i have to throw more food out now than i did prior to covid and i'm wondering if because our germ we're not as our immunity has complete has just completely gone down and also mm-hmm. the suppression of germs i don't know i'm not a science scientist or anything but it's just something that i've noticed that since mm-hmm. covid i have to throw a lot more dairy products out well even the oh other day God. some mayo i had mold around the rim of my mayo what like I, uh-huh. it's weird because I don't have unsanitary practices. Yeah. I wonder if it's just like the food sources for food in Oregon versus Michigan. Maybe. If there was any difference with preservatives that they use in the foods that makes, on the West Coast versus Michigan. That makes sense, actually. Yes. They probably that's all do I could think of. Oregonians, they don't like anything that's processed or. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely more health conscious in that way. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. It could be it could be that all right um okay. what uh do you have any announcements i have shadow work courses <laughs> available online <laughs> grab them snatch them up get them <laughs> yes and any upcoming events that i may have will all be announced either on my instagram which is at fioralise underscore or my website fioralise.com same um i've got custom commissions that are open um i just redid my entire catalog of readings so go there go to my website explore um i moved some things around so it's you know a fun place to visit um and if you want a custom commission um start the process it's on my website also if you need the ability to make a payment to make this in um, custom commission process um available to you um, or accessible, um, reach out, send me an email. I'm, I'm happy to work with you. And finally, our retreat announcement, registration for our 2024 Quantum Consciousness Retreat for Healers, Mystics, Seekers, and Alchemists is now open. Spots are beginning to fill, so get your application in if you would like to take part. This will be hosted in Desert Hot Springs, California, which is adjacent to Joshua Tree National Park. This will be taking place on Tuesday, March 19th, 2024 through Friday, March 22nd. Registration is now open. The cost of the entire week is $1,555. And with the option to make monthly payments, you can find all the details with us on our website, which is esotericspodcast.com slash events. Yay. Um, if you join us, you're going to spend four days in the gorgeous joshua tree national park adjacent energy of desert palm springs we're going to be doing things like soul blueprint chart casting interpretation manifestation visualization breathwork channeling dream work and fiorelise is going to teach us how to facilitate a healing circle um she's also going to be giving everyone a karuna reiki energy work session which i am really looking forward to um and then i'll be helping you explore some akashic intuitive insight and then we're going to have some really cool we're going to have two really amazing meditations one in the water and one in the desert so um, there's lots going on in that so join us we would love to have join you. us yes okay what are we going to talk about today okay today we are continuing our spooky season theme we're i want to talk to you about haunted california landmarks oh i love that let's do it spooky dookie yes Yes. So um, I have four locations for you today, which there are so many haunted locations in California, but I picked, um, I'm going to say some of my favorites, some I didn't know about, and it's kind of a fun mix, but we're kind of going geographically in order here. So I'm going to start at the northernmost point um, of these landmarks, which is in Lompoc, California. This is La Purísima Mission, originally named La Purísima Concepción, which translates to the Purest Conception Mission. Okay. So this was the 11th of the missions that was built 
out of the 21 Franciscan missions founded in uh, California, which was at the time known as the missions were essentially these structures and farms built by um, by the Franciscan, um, the the friars. Mm -hmm. It was it was by order of the, the Spanish church. Okay. Um, and um, they were there essentially to colonize the the natives. Is essentially what it, really what it was. It okay. there more missionary work. The missionary, yeah, exactly, missionary work. So the like romanticized idea was that it was to, it you know, it helped the the natives in the area like bring them to God or whatever, mm-hmm. or teach them about uh, about Christianity. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely not what happened. Okay. So it is said that this mission is haunted by ghosts of the Chumash tribe because they were the the Chumash tribe were the natives to this area of land mm-hmm. and they died from diseases that were brought from the Spaniards. People who visit the mission report eerie whispers, indistinct shapes, cold drafts and a lot of paranormal activity, including a spirit soldier. Oh. So let me tell you about this mission okay. and kind of what happened, how it got there and all this stuff. All right. So the Spanish priest, Father Presidente Fermín de Lausen, which I don't know what kind of name was Presidente, but all right. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know uh, what you just said. So it's like, it sounds good to me. We'll call him Prez. <laughs> uh, he founded La Purísima Mission on December 8th, 1787. And during the mission's early years, several thousand Chumash were baptized into the Catholic Church and they built over a thousand adobe buildings. They built a water system and crops and they grew livestock. Okay. So this was a prosperous time for Spain and Catholicism. But of course, it came at a price for the Chumash people because this was colonization that was forced upon them. Mm-hmm. They were forced to work 11, 12, 13 hour days and fed very small portions of not the best foods. And sure, the Spanish brought with them like religious ideas and technology and new customs, but they also brought a bevy of diseases that the Chumash Indians were not immune to, as is the story with all the colonization that and happened. And oppression. And just really quick, can you fucking imagine somebody coming into your 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 city or house and saying, you're now a slave, we're going to feed you nothing and you have to work for us? Oh, my. Mm-hmm. Ooh, mm-hmm. wait, that makes me mad. Okay. Yes. During a 30-day period, over 120 of them died from measles alone. <gasps> and then chicken pox also claimed hundreds. And those so are... anti-vaxxers of today be damned. <laughs> and those diseases um, are not indigenous to America or to... No. Nope. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. See? Yes. Yep. Freaking colonizers. See? Yep, yep. Brought that shit over here. And then y'all are trying to bring it back, too. <laughs> Anti-vaxxers are like, we like chicken pox. We like chicken pox. No, leave it alone. We already fucking took care of it. Can you not? Anyway. All right. All right. So in 1821, the Mexican government got their freedom from Spain. And then the mission systems went under Mexican control. Unfortunately, though, the treatment of the Indians did not improve because they were still labor to be exploited. So in 1824, the Chumash planned an uprising and they planned this for months and they hit three Franciscan missions at the same time. And they were all the ones in the central uh, chain of the California missions. So they burned most of the Santa Inez mission complex. And at this one, the one we're speaking of today, La Purísima, they drove out the mission guard and one of the two priests in the residence. And they had control of it for almost a month until um, until the Mexican army came back and took it back, took it back. And, And then obviously there were more deaths involved. At one point in time, an earthquake struck the area and destroyed the original structure. Maybe that was the land saying, like, Mm -hmm. can you not? Mm hmm. Yes. Not. Yes. Get off my land. Get off my land. What the fuck are you doing? Uh, so not long after the reconstruction of La Purísima, which they did reconstruct just like a few miles north of where they were originally from. And then the ghostly legends were born. Yeah. 
Today, accounts from park rangers, tour guides, locals, and tourists all describe eerie whispers, indistinct shapes, and cold drafts. Most believe that these paranormal occurrences are due to the restless spirits of the Chumash who died at La Purisima. Some even claim to hear flutes playing, an instrument considered to be sacred to the Chumash people. Mm. And though the site is now currently open, it's actually a park, which you can visit because it's several acres. And it's beautiful, but it, you do get a very heavy feeling surrounding the ground. So it's both historic and deeply emotional. Do you think you would visit? I, I would go for sure. I, I'm down for anything. Um, when you mentioned the flute playing, my legs tingled. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, me too. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I would go. I would visit. There's there's no... The only place that I wouldn't go or I wouldn't fuck with is like, you know, any sort of like super, super mean and vicious and savage like elemental energy. That's the only mm. one. Why open yourself up to that? Because elementals are dicks. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I would go too. I think I think I would go. I don't know. So I've been to a couple of the missions. So I've been to the San Gabriel mission. That one's like the closest one that I have. Um, and then I've been to San Juan Capistrano, oh, yeah. which it's it's it is beautiful. Mm-hmm. But oh my god, the heavy feeling! Like I walked <gasps> through what was like the graveyard, and I just felt like I felt that it was the children, the children that were buried oh. there. And oh, that, it made me so sad. What I don't understand is how people can take wedding pictures there. Uh, like people will yeah, literally, they'll have is... they'll have weddings. They have they'll take their wedding pictures at the mission. And I'm just like, oh, that's weird. That's like giving the same energy as like you taking having your wedding at a plantation. Yeah. Like all the death and mm-hmm. abuse. And all just the horrible things that were done to people there? Absolutely they, not. They probably don't know and they're not aware of the history and stuff. Yeah, I'd go to that one. Next up is the Winchester Mystery House. Have you ever been here? No, but it's a bucket list item. And it's- okay. <laughs> Let's do it one day. Okay. All right. So the Winchester Mystery House is in San Jose, California, and it is supposedly haunted by the ghost of its eccentric builder, Sarah Winchester. And she's said to have built the rambling mansion to protect her from the spirits of all those killed with her late husband's famous line of rifles, the Winchester Mm -hmm. rifles. Sarah Winchester was born in New Haven and she was part of East Coast Society. In 1862, she married William Wirt Winchester. He was the only son of Oliver Winchester who founded the Winchester Repeating Arms Company. Sarah and William had only just one child. Her name was Annie Pardee Winchester, and she died a month after she was born in Aww. 1866. Sad. She was yeah. like, uh-uh, I'm the fuck out of here. Not in this family. No, thank <laughs> you. Goodbye. Sarah, um, in 1881, William died of tuberculosis, leaving Sarah with a $20 million inheritance and ownership of half of the Winchester company. Hold on. I want to know how much $20 Conversion. million dollars is in 1881. Hold on. I'm going to say 80, $150 million. No, no. Yeah. $150 million. Oh, I don't even know if it'll give it to me because it's, what did I say? 1881? $20 million in 1881 and 20, it, oh my God, dude. It says $20 million in 1881 is equivalent in Purchasing power to six hundred and two million dollars today. It's an increase of five hundred and eighty-two million dollars over one hundred and forty-two years. You couldn't spend that. I don't think you could spend that in your lifetime. How could you? You couldn't. I mean, you could give so much away. That's probably why billionaires give so much shit away because they're going to get taxed on it if they don't. And how can? What are they going to do with that? God, I want to be the recipient of a freaking endowment (laughs) so bad. Where's our secretly rich dead aunt or uncle? Um, Okay. So she got uh, that inheritance and ownership uh, in half of the Winchester company. So this made her one of the wealthiest women in the United States. For sure. Sarah's mother and father-in-law died in the same year, after which she almost exclusively wore black mourning clothes. That's sad. She just lost lost everyone. Yeah. And and I'm going to assume went crazy. So, yeah, just a few years later, she left Connecticut and embarked on a renovation project that would take the rest of her life. And no one is quite sure why, but Mrs. Winchester demanded constant changes to her very large house. So, of course, there's stories. 
And the most prevalent story is that Miss Winchester was haunted by the spirits of those killed by the Winchester rifle, which can you, if you can imagine, that was like hundreds of people, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what they used during during the war. Thousands um, of people, yeah. Thousands, yeah. So after her husband passed away, a psychic told her that to evade the spirits, she would have to move out west, buy a home, and build nonstop. Was this psychic also like a realtor? A, a realtor? Because <laughs> that's it's giving it's giving realtor vibes. I mean, you have to. You definitely in this situation, you're going to be like, all right, what's in it for you, you, <laughs> Madam Cleo? Tell me. <laughs> it just seems like so i would be so exhausted I'd be like you know what never mind mm-hmm. so some say she believed that as soon as construction was complete she would die while other theories suggest that she built the house like a maze in order to keep her paranormal tormentors at bay and lost in the many intricacies of the building so to avoid them she allegedly slept in a different bedroom every night and took labyrinth paths through her own home I want to see this. I do want to see this house. I had a dream about this house the other day. Did you really? This, uh, yeah, about being in a weird house where you'd walk into, like, walk up a staircase and it would just lead to nothing. It was just a, like a dead end. I wonder if she ever got lost in her house, you know, or she's ever, or she's ever like, where the hell am I? How do I get out of here? <laughs> How do I get out of here? Uh, a massive earthquake struck the Bay Area in 1906, and it toppled the top three stories of the house, oh, damaging yeah. the four other four stories along with it. And some say Sarah Winchester took this as a sign from the spirits that she was close to completion and ordered the unfinished front half of the house to be boarded up. Okay. Today, it is now open, and the signs of damage from the earthquake are still clearly visible. Dude, seven stories high. That's a lot. I'm not going up those stairs. I'm not doing it. <laughs> my knee says no. My knees. <laughs> my knees. You better build an elevator in there, bitch, because I'm not going <laughs> up to the top. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can tour. You can tour the house and you can or you can tour the gardens or both. I mean, so. I definitely do both. I don't care about gardens, but you, I mean, you know, if we went, you you definitely want to tour the garden. So I'd be like, OK, I'm along for it. But. Sure, it'll be fun. Um, it'll be fun. Oh my god! I, yes, definitely. I've always wanted to go um, and see that house. This is the best time of year too, right now, because it's yeah, yeah. We were supposed to go when we went up to Monterey Bay, uh, but it was too soon after the pandemic. Even though I think it was last year when we went, and yeah, they still it was still not open completely for tours and all that. No. So it's I'm sure it's probably open now. Yeah, yeah. All right, number three on our list is the Queen Mary ship. Mm, I've heard of this one. Yes, it's actually the cousin to the Titanic. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so the RMS Queen Mary is a retired British ocean liner that is now currently moored in the harbor of Long Beach, California. And it offers ghost tours for its supposed hauntings, which it has a lot of because it has a great history of it's she got around yeah <laughs> <laughs> like haven't we all so she spent three decades transporting the rich and famous across the atlantic before retiring in 1967 she survived the great depression and world world war ii and managed to avoid the tragic fate of her cousin the titanic mm-hmm. That's good. At least 47 people died aboard the Queen Mary during her time at sea. A young crew member named John Petter was crushed by a door during an emergency drill. Another died drinking gin that turned out to be cleaning fluid. Which I'm like, oh, that sucks. Ew. Like, how wouldn't you yeah. know? I don't. I, first, first sip, I'd be like, that's not gin. You're right. And <laughs> according to the official records, the rest died of natural causes. But let's talk about these natural causes because I don't think they were that natural. Mm-mm. All right. So in 1939, the ship was drafted into military service. So they stripped it of all its fancy stuff and, you know, did its its whole thing. So Britain believed that her size and speed would keep her safe from the German U-boats. And they were correct. Um, it's rumored that Hitler offered a $250,000 reward to any submarine captain who could successfully sink her. Hmm. And obviously they failed. Mm-hmm. 
but her efficiency came at a cost. She was pushed to the limit, often cramming 15,000 soldiers into spaces designed for 2,200 passengers. Wow. Can you imagine? That's crazy. I mean, just the the smell alone. <laughs> like, the oh, thing God. Smells. Ugh. The smell. Yes. Her bright smoke sacks were painted navy gray and her portholes were blacked out and welded shut. What? And the trans yeah, the transformation earned her the nickname Grey Ghost. What why would they black out the portholes and weld them so people couldn't get out or, <laughs> or open up a fucking window because it stunk in there from twenty two thousand uh, men? I guess I guess so that they couldn't just like throw something through the window, right? Like blast through into the into the ship through a window, I, I guess. Who knows? That would we be, don't know. That'd be my We're guess. just making shit yeah. up here. No, it's just, mm-hmm. you know. In the summer, the soldiers slept shoulder to shoulder above deck and took turns sleeping in the bunks below deck. The lack of airflow made the cabins suffocatingly hot. Mm-hmm. Some soldiers died from heat exhaustion <gasps> and others just straight up jumped ship. Right? They're like, I can't do this anymore. This is Fuck awful. This. <laughs> why the hell would they, those conditions, would? why would they be continue? I, I don't, it's I don't, awful. Nobody has any answers, but it's, still. It's war. I mean, it's war, right? Yeah. Um, legend says that the staff went half crazy too. One rather gruesome rumor is that the galley crew locked the chef in his own oven one night, roasting what? him alive. <gasps> Oh, that's awful. Can, that would be literally one of the worst deaths ever. Like, and it would take mm. a long time to. Um, was this an, a, a British ship or an American ship, Queen Mary? It was British. British. It was right. British. Okay. All right. Yes. So we can yeah. blame the Brits for this savagery and nonsense. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Just to be uh, clear here, there is there are no records of the chef's demise. Oh, okay. All right. So it could be a, a big old lie. It's just a rumor. It's just a rumor because, yeah, there's no, there's no evidence. Okay. In October of 1942, the famed ship accidentally collided with a much smaller cruiser that was escorting her around the Irish coast. So this small cruiser was named the Curaçao, and it was zigzagging in front of the Mary, hoping to throw off any potential missile attacks. And then the, the Queen Mary, which is an 82,000-ton ship, mistakenly plowed into it, breaking it in half. And some of the crew died instantly and others were drowned or they succumbed to hypothermia in the freezing water. So think like, you know, the Titanic people, freezing water. That makes sense. Yeah. The Mary never stopped to rescue them as it would have compromised the thousands of soldiers on board. So an estimated 329 men died that day as a result. I mean, okay, technically, there's no damn room for them on this boat, right? I mean, but of course, we can always make room for people, but um, that too, bad bad decision, but also logistics. Yeah. And uh, the truth of all of this was sealed until the war ended. It didn't come out till three years later. By the time this was the war was over, the Queen Mary had underwent another renovation that erased all the remnants of military life. The paintings, the fine china, the art deco furniture, all that came back to the cabins and the dining rooms. But all that expensive decor wasn't going to hide everything that happened during the war because Mm -hmm. it had now become a haunted ship. Right. I mean, they need to do it. Um, a cleansing of some sage up in that sage, bitch. Yeah. Sage the shit out of it. Forget the sage. <laughs> they need Palo Santo. They need they need some, I don't know, they need an exorcism. Exorcism. Mm-hmm. The ship is reportedly haunted by over a hundred spirits, the most infamous being the spirit of stateroom B340, where paranormal activity is so frequent and intense that some members of the crew refuse to go inside altogether. Yeah, yeah. Three and four is seven. Seven is the number of spirituality and oh, spirits. Yeah, there you no go. coincidence with numbers. No coincidence. Nope. <laughs> Shit. Everyone seems to have their own story about who or what haunts that room. In 1948, a third class passenger named Walter J. Adamson mysteriously died there. Is it his ghost that haunts the place or was he killed by the ghost? Mm. Another theory claims staff locked a man in his third classroom after he murdered two women in the 1960s. Mm. 
During the night, he began beating on the door, screaming to the guard outside that something was in the room with him. And when they opened the door in the morning, they found his body bloody and mangled and he had been ripped apart. Oh, my God. Now, that is a main spirit or it's uh, somebody that was drunk. Uh Or those women came back. The women. (laughs) (laughs) Gruesome. Gruesome. Leave women alone. When the ship was retired in 1967, three third-class rooms were combined to create a larger hotel room. That's that B340. And then that's when the guest began to report the odd things. Uh, One woman said she was woken when the bed covers were ripped off of her in the middle of the night. And then she saw a man looming over the end of the bed. Others heard phantom voices and complained that the faucets turned on by themselves. Mm-hmm. The ship received so many negative reports through the 1970s that B30 was B340 was closed to the public for over 30 years. Oh my god! And and it was reopened as a haunted attraction in 2018. Yeah, it, and it's still open, right? You can still go to the Queen Mary mm-hmm. right now. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Ghost Hunters did a did an episode on it. Yeah, so my my friends, uh, my friends who you met, Jack and Annette, yeah. when they, I think when they were in high school, I want to say they had their homecoming on the Queen Mary. Did they shut up? That would be the yeah. best. Yes. And, and actually, Jack has, ha- he has a story that of what he saw on the Queen Mary that because he saw and felt things there. Because, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's got, he's touched. He's got mediumship. Yes. He's got mediumship things. And so, yeah, he's, he's seen things next time. Next oh. time you come, I'm going to have him tell you. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I love those stories. That's so cool. Okay. Other haunted areas on the ship include the former first class swimming pool, boiler room number four. And the doorway where John Petter was tragically crushed during an emergency drill. Mm-hmm. Okay. Petter's ghost is often spotted wearing blue overalls and sometimes he'll run behind people whistling as if to warn them. And other times he'll ask guests if he see- if they've seen his wrench, which I'm like, <laughs> is that a sexual innuendo? <laughs> what if somebody says, no, would you like me to see <laughs> and when they turn their back to him he's gone (laughs) so he's just a tease all talk no action (laughs) the sheer amount of ghostly activity aboard the queen mary has earned it the right of the most haunted ship in the world yeah and it attracts as many paranormal fanatics as it does history buffs Mm -hmm. and still even in the light of day there's something creepy about mary The ship is a relic of a bygone era. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I'll do it. I would do it for sure. Yes. Okay. And the last one on my list, and I saved the best one for last because we've we've been here. And we had spooky dooky experiences. Yes. It's the Whaley House Mm -hmm. in San Diego, California, Mm -hmm. which is said to be the most haunted house in California. The Whaley House was built by the Thomas Whaley family in 1857. The home once hosted the town courthouse, a general store, granary, theater, and even the morgue, which I was like, wow, guys, that's Mm -hmm. a lot in one house. A lot in one house. (laughs) It evolved into a commercial hub of early San Diego before the quote-unquote new town was developed several miles to the south. This is a national historic landmark which is now a museum and it does have that reputation of being the most haunted house in america by named that by life magazine dude so cool so the house was built on the site of public gallows and the scene of several deaths uh it is home to several ghosts one of which was there before the house was even built okay yeah because of the gallows right Exactly. So in 1852, a man known as Yankee Jim Jim Robinson was caught trying to steal a boat. He was beaten and taken to jail. Jim had a trial and then he was to hang for his crime, which that's kind of fucked up for just stealing a boat. Like you couldn't just like. Did he actually steal it or did he just try to steal it? Attempted stealing. Yeah, it was attempted to steal. You know, yeah, just put him in jail. Like, I don't understand. Fucking savages. 
that's what this they is, that's a lot Woolly yeah. house people yeah so he was um so he was sentenced to and to hang for his crime and two of his possible accomplices were sentenced to prison mm-hmm. and that's even that's his possible accomplices mm-hmm. <laughs> like anyway mm-hmm. okay so on september 18th 1852 was his execution day and on that day he was barely conscious due to the beating and the lack of medical care he received. Mm. The sheriff gave the order for the executioner to pull the mule cart from underneath Jim. The executioners did not factor in Jim's height when constructing the gallows, and Jim's toes scraped the ground, mm. and it took approximately 45 minutes for Jim to slowly strangle to death. Oh, that's awful. It's completely awful. That's definitely cruel and unusual punishment. Yankee Jim has stayed on at the house. People have heard him trudging around in his heavy boots upstairs. The gallows once stood where the archway between the music room and the parlor now stands, so visitors have felt like they were being strangled while passing the archway. And that's probably why that whole area is now uh, roped off. Because remember, you couldn't go in there. You could look into it, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't walk in there. Okay, wait a minute. Say that again. You can edit this part out. Say that again. Yes. So so do you remember when we went and there so we were looking at where the dresses were? There was a, a dress in the like the vitrine and the glass thing. There were like three and then glass there was, cabinets. Yes, yes. And then next to that was like the parlor room. Yes. So that that's what I'm talking about. So the parlor room and the music room were were roped off so you can't go in there anymore. You can't look you can't walk. Because mm-hmm. what happened? I was I was looking for because, something. Yeah, because that's where the gallows were. The gallows oh. stood where the archway between the music room and the parlor now are. Yeah. Oh, okay. So remember when I was there and um, I, w- the reason I was only half listening was because I was looking for something. When I was there, yes. something happened to me and I talked about it on the podcast, but I don't remember yes. what it was. Do you? Uh Yes, you said you felt you felt their energy and they were actually they were actually really nice. I remember you because you went in there and talked to them and said, like, thank you for thank you for letting us come to your house. That's right. Okay, so what episode was that? That was that the Elsie Wheeler episode that we talked about that. Um, I'm trying to see if I made any notes on it. I don't think I did. I don't know. I don't I don't remember what I think. That would have been well. It would have been an episode we did in January. It was, I know, or February. And I'm here, so yeah. it was. Yeah, it was. I think it was January or February. So you're, yeah. I mean, you're right. I know. I just can't find it. So all right, um, let me just talk one more thing, and then and then we'll just move on because it's not necessary. But I can always just say, oh yeah, I did. I felt something there. Now let me see. Okay, here we go. Combined. Nope, I'm not going to spend any more time looking at it. So, okay, okay. And in 1869, the city leased a floor, first floor room as a courthouse. A heavy iron chain in the room has been seen swinging by itself, and several people have felt uneasy in there. The that was the first room we wanted into. Yes, yeah. yes, and 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 remember, it was really dark in there too. Yes. Um, so yes. I didn't feel anything in the actual courtroom. Like when we first walked in, it didn't. I just noticed mm-hmm. that it was dark. But that first closet that you walked to, that they had roped off, where there was stuff in the closet, yeah, and it was yeah. lit. Yeah, I was like, yes. that's a creepy closet. Yes. Uh, part of why it's so dark though is because they removed any electrical lights and they've changed everything back to kerosene. Mm. That's why it's so dark in Which there. Which is yeah. either a fire hazard or it's not, right? <laughs> but it's also historically accurate, yes. which I can, I can, um, yeah, I can appreciate, appreciate that. that. Yeah. Okay. In 1871, an angry mob held Anna Whaley at gunpoint on the ninth step of the stairs yeah. while public records were removed. Thomas Whaley was out of town at the time and a chill in the air is reported there. Also, I remember, I remember that some people say like they he- they feel something like when you're standing on the stairs, it's almost like something's like holding you back or like trying to like pull you. The ghost of Thomas Whaley has been seen on the second floor landing dressed in a black coat and a wide brimmed hat. Yeah, I, the, 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 the stairs were, there was some kind of feeling on those stairs. The stairs were a little bit creepy. Yeah, yeah, the, there's definitely 
something on the stairs for sure. An impression, I would say it's an impression that sits mm-hmm. on the stairs. Mm-hmm. In 1882, Violet and Anna Whaley, um, who were uh, married George Bertolacci and John Whaley, which mm-hmm. I wonder, was John Whaley her cousin or something? <laughs> anyway, but just two weeks after Violet's marriage to George, she awoke one morning during their honeymoon to find her husband gone. It turns out that George was nothing more than a heartless con man who only married Violet in hopes of securing some of the family's fortune. And when this didn't happen, he bolted as soon as possible, leaving Violet heartbroken and alone. During those days, society shunned women who returned home without their husbands. Divorce was frowned upon and it must have been her fault, unable to keep a husband. You know, what was wrong with fucking Violet? Like, except for marrying a dick. Anyway, (laughs) (laughs) the divorce took almost a year to finalize and Violet never recovered from the shame. At age 22, she shot herself in the chest and left nothing behind but a suicide note. That's really sad. It was very sad. It quoted a poem by Thomas Hood and it said, Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. (gasps) That's heartbreaking that somebody would be like... That's really sad, but but it's true though. Earth fucking sucks, right? And spirits are like, I don't want to go there. That's just a stupid yeah. place. And that's also the problem when like when you have the opposite of community support, which is like community shame, mm-hmm. and you have mm-hmm. people, you know, who are just awful to you, even though they don't know you. Uh, another Whaley daughter, Corinne, was engaged to be married when her sister passed, but her fiancé broke off that union af- after the scandal that Violet's suicide caused the family. Yeah. After these events, Thomas built a new family home not far from the original house, and the original property was left vacant for nearly 20 years. Oh, my gosh. So there's lots of opportunity for um, spirits to assemble. Mm-hmm. Spirits mm-hmm. assemble. So there, there are more haunts, including in the music room, um, turn of the century songs, laughter are heard, and the mm-hmm. smell of cigars and smell of perfume mm-hmm. come in, which could quickly disappear. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lamp in the music room has a couple of crystals that hang off the lamp, mm-hmm. and these have been seen moving while others are motionless. Mm. I found the music room to be um, a really, to feel that I felt like happy, fun energy in there. Mm, Like it was, yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot of life. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, The ground floor windows have been sealed to keep them from opening by themselves. Oh. Because they would open by themselves and set off the alarms. Oh, wow. Yeah. There's a little girl ghost that uh, people believe is the granddaughter of Anna Whaley. Mm Mm-hmm. She died in the dining room after accidentally ingesting some poison. What? Uh, when the Whaley's lived in the house, the kitchen was actually outside, just off the dining room. So how did yeah. she accidentally get the poison? She must have. She must have drank something that you know was not labeled. And that's the thing too. Is like back then things weren't labeled properly. There was no such thing well, as child lux. It, it, well, this just seems like incompetence to me. Yes. Well, I remember hearing another story also of a little girl where she was she was outside and like she fell off a horse or something. And then they brought her inside and she 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 died inside the house. But the accident actually happened outside. Outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thomas Whaley Jr. died at the age of 17 months in his upstairs bedroom. Poor baby. Why Um, people die in the house? Yeah, uh, yeah. Cries of a baby have been reported coming from his room. And the ghost of a small dog has been seen coming and going from this room, too. Uh, the dog has also been seen out in the yard. Um, I remember looking at the crib of the baby, um, looking mm-hmm. down at the crib, and they had that roped off, too. Or it was in it was yes. in one of the bedrooms. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember we talked about this on a another episode that we did like maybe Mm -hmm. in January, February, I'm not sure. And I had an experience. I'm not remembering what that experience was, but I do remember that it freaking blew me away. I was like, Oh my God, I just had a really, and I don't remember what it was. Oh, wasn't it when we were looking into the bedroom? Yeah. I remember into the master bedroom, like hit there, there Thomas and his wife's bedroom upstairs. 
I don't remember with the baby. No, I think the baby's room was different. Like, and that's that was a separate room. I don't know what it was. I don't even. I don't even remember. I don't remember where. I don't remember when. I don't remember what happened. I do remember though looking at her picture. And just mm-hmm. feeling really sad for her, like she deserved more. You know, I know that we did thank her for, you know, allowing mm-hmm. us to tour her house. Maybe that was when, yeah. when like I thanked her and I said, thank you. Um, I think that's what it was. Something yeah. happened. I had full body tingles or I had yeah. a vision or I had an auditory. Like I heard something. I don't know what it was. I don't remember. Uh, sometimes at night, a figure has been seen peering out of the upstairs windows when everyone has gone home for the day. Uh, Other things that have been reported upstairs are curtains in many rooms moving by themselves when the windows are closed. Beds and pillows have shown the impressions of someone having laid there, even though, you know, people can't go in there. The the bedrooms are all roped off. Yeah. Um, And the rocking chair has been seen rocking on its own. Um, The first time that I went there, I took a bunch of pictures and videos because they will allow you to take as much as you want just without flash. Mm -hmm. I had orbs galore. I still have videos. I still have the videos on my phone. I have orbs galore in that house. Nice. Nice. And and listen, uh, orbs are, I mean, they have been proven to be actual spirit activity. Um, you know, Mm -hmm. and my question is, I mean, I know that we've talked about earthbound spirits and stuff. We've talked about it on the pod. We've, we've had, we have a couple episodes about spirits and stuff, but what is it that's keeping them there? You know what I mean? Like, go, go into the light, go all of you. None of you need to hang out, you know, unless it's, maybe it's their quote unquote job to be spirits in the house in order to generate Mm -hmm. this, you know, the, the buzz and, you know, I don't know for maybe there's a reason for it. I strongly believe that a lot of the things that people interpret as ghosts or ghost encounters are just energetic, energetic impressions that are left behind residual by people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think a lot of them are, especially like I know in when I was reading up on the La Purisima mission, when people go into certain areas, you they reported just kind of feeling like or seeing people working, just mm-hmm. like people doing like tasks. Mm-hmm. I think that's like definitely an impression. Mm-hmm. That's just like it, people spent so much time doing work there mm-hmm. that it's just imprinted in that area. Um, same thing like like when we talked about about um, what's her name? Sarah Whaley. Yeah. His wife. Mm-hmm. Um, when she was on the stairs. Anna. it was Anna Whaley. Anna. When Anna Whaley was on the stairs and she was I, she was held at gunpoint, mm-hmm. um, that I think that's also an impression, right? That's a lot. Like that's like a lot of trauma that mm-hmm. she experienced in that moment, and that like mm-hmm. it could leave an energetic in- impression on those stairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can't destroy energy. Um, you know, right. energy is created; it's never destroyed, or it's not created. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not, but it's also not destroyed. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah very cool very cool house if 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 you're in the san diego area and you get a chance to go um check it out definitely yeah I, that was one of my um favorite things to do yes and that wraps up my tour of haunted california landmarks this is that was fun thank you you know uh, we all um love 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 spooky stuff um and i love hearing about ones that I've never heard of before. It makes me, especially this time of year, because it makes me like, I want to go to a haunted house. I want to go to, I want to go do something fun. So yeah. Yeah. So stay tuned for, for Portland. Yep. Next. It's come. It's not next. Not next week. Two weeks. Yes. Mm -hmm. In two weeks, we're going to hear about all the goings on in Portland. And I'm going to tell you, (laughs) Portland is the home of the Shanghai tunnels. And I know, um, Mm -hmm. Them, or we're going to definitely talk about that and then some other yeah. cool stuff around here. There's actually, um, I was just looking at this. Oregon has this Haunted Oregon Conference and it takes place, I believe, oh, in Astoria. And it's uh-huh. just, I mean, I was looking at the vendor list yesterday and there were like, I don't know, there, there must have been 50 vendors on there. And yeah. it's all about haunted Oregon. It's literally one of the most haunted states in the United States. There's no way I'm, we're going to be able to go over, over everything. So I'm going to pick no. just like you did the top four. Um, mm-hmm. And that's going to be it. Maybe the top five. But I mean, 
oh my gosh, there's so many cool places here. So yes, um, I'm excited to get into that. But that's in two weeks. Next week we have a surprise for you. So um, join yeah. us. Join us then. All right, guys. Um, that means it's time to say goodbye for now. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please, please, please share um, a shout out, some love on your stories or your reels. Um, subscribe. All you got to do is hit like. And then if you could just leave us a review, just a quick, you guys, this pod is the best. Watch it. That's literally going to help us. It helps us grow, helps us with the algorithms and all that stuff. And it means that we can continue to do this work. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Stay mystical, magical, and don't let anyone tell you what to do, especially ghosts and haunted houses. Especially a ghost, right? Like ghost. Go away, ghost. Beat it. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.